Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's always an exciting time of the year for sports. My peeps, sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat quarterback in the National Football League. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to to begin the season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. But without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlay are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout my bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around if you join right now my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to one thousand dollars that means if you deposit two grand right now you get an extra grand and free money to play with all you have to do is use our promo code blv that's capital blv to activate the offer once again that promo code is blv to get your cash from my bookie bet win get paid my bookie Hello, today is January 24th, 2020. It's Friday, which means it's time to talk baseball on episode 146. We're talking Astros. I mean, duh. We're going to talk how they're far from being off the hook this year in 2020. A lot of questions still to be answered in Houston, obviously, and we'll dive into some of the biggest questions still left unanswered. And we'll also compare and contrast the sign-stealing scandal to Pete Rose's gambling, as well as the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Who is the disgraced owner of the worst scandal in Major League Baseball history? How the hell would I know, but I'm going to give you my opinion anyways. We've got our Friday interview of the week as well at Chicago White Sox infielder Danny Mendick. We're talking McDonald's, Netflix, maybe some baseball, just maybe. I guess we'll have to stay tuned on episode 146 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to head on over to TickPick.com to get $10 off your next order using the promo code OSHO10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, and also MechaNutritionStore.com. They've got a new collection in store now, the brand new Cell Swell Creatine Complex available for just $29.99, but you can take some money off using the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using Mecha Nutrition. Let's talk Houston Asterix, I mean Astros. the fallout of the MLB electric sign stealing scandal seems to widen every single day I mean I'm recording this on a Monday it's Martin Luther King Day we'll see what happens come Friday when this episode actually gets released I mean Alex Cora still needs to be punished for the Red Sox investigation I mean he's getting punished for the Astros uh, investigation being the bench coach basically being the mastermind behind what happened uh, with the sign stealing and the hitting of the trash cans but still the Red Sox have to be investigated so it was last Monday that Commissioner Rob Manfred and the league investigators found the Houston Astros guilty of orchestrating a cheating scheme in 2017. The scheme, of course, involved players and staff using a center field camera in Minute Maid Park to record opposing teams' catchers uh, signaling signs. And meanwhile, like I said, the Red Sox are still under MLB investigation for their own possible electric sign-stealing plot. And, of course, they uh, let go of Alex Cora. The Red Sox did last Tuesday after Cora was, of course, found to have played an instrumental role in the Astros cheating scandal while he served as the team's bench coach and the latest twist is a series of accusations and suspicions that the Houston Astros players wore electric buzzers under their uniforms during the World Series and the buzzers would have warned an upcoming pitch types and uh, pitch locations for both as as far as we know Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and uh, I've received a number of questions about the controversy Uh, I mean could Rob Manfred vacate a World Series championship and other records from the Houston Astros? Yes, he could. The commissioner has that authority, but uh, Article 2 of the league's constitution empowers the commissioner to both investigate any activity that is quote-unquote suspected to be not in the best interests of baseball and determine whether the activity is in fact in violation of the best interests. And Article 2 also establishes that the commissioner can impose any quote-unquote preventive or punitive action. Uh, I mean, a sense reading of this sweeping language would permit Rob Manfred to strike records that were generated through 
cheating or fraud, which would be monumental in baseball history. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to vacate any records. I mean, I say that for several reasons. First off, I mean, removal of completed Major League Baseball games from past seasons would be unprecedented. Like I said, this would be monumental in Major League Baseball history. It's never been done before. I mean, despite the Chicago White Sox deliberately throwing the 1919 World Series, uh, Major League Baseball declined to set aside or or qualify the result of the Cincinnati Reds winning it. Uh, It's true that Major League Baseball can replay games if they don't last at least four and a half innings, but the Astros games and the Red Sox games, for that matter, in question from past seasons were completed and entered into the record books there's nothing they could do about it it's also true that teams have protested games and have sometimes succeeded in having games resume at the point of protest but those protests occurred within a season not years later also i mean no protests have been filed in this controversy i mean secondly it's always risky to invent a new president in order to address one specific controversy. I mean, doing so invites plenty of uncertainty over whether that the the same response would be appropriate for other controversies. And for instance, if other clubs in the past engaged in these type of cheating activities, should their records be stripped too? I mean, God knows that the Astros aren't the only team that's been doing this. They're the only ones that have been caught. They're the only ones at the center of it. And to that point, on uh, uh, Friday, it was Jack McDowell. Uh, he claimed that Tony La Russa designed an electric sign-stealing scheme involving a Gatorade sign in the center field area in the old Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois. And La Russa, this is what Jack McDowell had to say, invented this scheme while managing the Chicago White Sox in the 1980s and in response to that accusation La Russa stressed that McDowell joined the uh, White Sox after La Russa was no longer with the club so assuming for a moment that Jack McDowell's allegation is true should the uh, Chicago White Sox records from the 1980s be redacted should they be restricted I mean how many players who use performance-enhancing drugs and steroids? How many players are there that use PEDs? And what about players who use pine tar? I mean, once the door to record vacating is open, it can be difficult to shut. I mean, third third point here, since it's unknown what would have happened had the cheating not occurred, the Astros, I mean, for example, might have still defeated the Dodgers in the 2017 World Series. Uh, I mean, stripping records also has an... Aurelian feeling to it. The Astros winning is a historical fact. It's their first title ever. I mean, to claim it didn't happen is to deny what we know happened. I mean, fourth, stripping records could invite other legal issues. I mean, for instance, if a team's World Series win is vacated, would player stats from the World Series also be erased? You got to think about that. I mean, if that happens, could a team that paid a bonus to a player based on World Series stats demand he return the money? I mean, I don't, I don't know here. I mean, could Rob Manfred suspend or ban players who use cameras, buzzers, and electric devices? Yes, he can. I mean, that's under um, Article 12, I believe, of the collective bargaining agreement. Manfred has the authority to take appropriate disciplinary uh, measures against players for conduct that is, quote-unquote, materially de- detrimental or prejudicial to the best interests of baseball. And cheating is unquestionably, undoubtedly, damaging to the best interest of baseball it undermines the integrity of games and could cost the league substantial revenue if fans are turned off and for all people out there like the Stephen a smiths and the max kellermans and uh even the skip baylesses of the world saying that this is good for baseball it's not good for baseball i mean those guys out there who say that this is good for baseball the publicity is good for baseball aren't real baseball fans they're outsiders looking in they're nfl analysts telling you that this is good for baseball because they don't even pay attention to it. That's just my two cents on that. I can only listen to Michael K and the Michael K show when it comes to baseball. I mean, he's the only guy I rely on when it comes to baseball news. I can't I can't listen to Stephen A. Smith talk about baseball. But anyways, no one has uh, the legal right, you could say, to play in a private sports league, just as no one has the right to a job at a private employer. I mean, being kicked out of a pro league is not in of itself – Uh, an unlawful act by that league so lastly major league baseball has a long history of suspending and even banning players uh bowie coon banned uh ferguson jenkins after he was found with cocaine and other drugs and then jenkins of course was later reinstated but but league banned steve ho after uh, a drug offense and he was also reinstated later on too 
And don't forget that in his report, Rob Manfred actually declined to sanction any Astros players. He only, of course, suspended A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau, who were later fired. And I'm sure he expected them to be fired by Jim Crane, helping Jim Crane save face a little bit. But he reasoned that because many players appear to be involved in this and because the evidence didn't clearly distinguish any players were more blameworthy than others, it wasn't possible to determine a relative degree of culpability. And there is a flaw in Manfred's logic here. He acknowledges that players were guilty of partaking in a cheating scheme. So if they're guilty, why weren't they punished? I mean, that's the biggest question that every analyst is saying today on, on, on national television. Why weren't any of the players from the Houston Astros punished? Think of it this way. If a teacher discovers many students in her class conspired to cheat on a test, would the teacher decline to punish any student because there were a lot of cheaters and it's not quite clear which ones were more involved in the plot? I mean, of course not. That wouldn't be fair to the non-cheaters in the class and it wouldn't make sense to uh, uh, all the cheaters to join hands in a conspiracy as a way of escaping culpability. I mean, the teacher would punish all of the cheating students. Also, the magnitude of the electronic sign-stealing harm in baseball is substantial. The Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, I think it was Alex Wood, captured this point in a tweet that's gone viral. He said, I would rather face a player that was taking steroids than face a player that knew every pitch that was coming. I mean, Wood's insight highlights that a batter who knows the pitch type and its intended location in advance of the pitch being thrown is bestowed a substantial advantage. I mean, batters rely heavily on timing. I mean, consider Jose Altuve. Uh, Altuve had a home OPS of uh, 1.541 during the 2017 playoffs, but a road OPS of just uh, 497. I mean, continuing with the classroom uh, analogy here, knowing the pitch in advance is like a student knowing the exam question in advance. Manfred could logically reason that if a first-time offense for use of performance-enhancing drugs calls for an 80-game suspension under the uh, MLB Players Association Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program, an offense for wearing a buzzer and other electronic violations should be no less than, say, 80 games. So, I mean, are we saying Rob Manfred should punish these players? Not necessarily. There are important counterpoints to consider, though. I mean, first off, Major League Baseball might not be sufficiently confident in the quality uh, and scope of its evidence just uh, justify suspending players. I mean, bear in mind, the league has limited powers to obtain documentation and witness statements. So Major League Baseball, after all, of course, is a private entity without um, certain powers. I mean, witnesses who speak with Major League Baseball investigators aren't under oath. They might be inclined to lie, exaggerate, or even mix information and direct blame onto others to protect themselves. I mean, there's an inherent risk in relying on witness statements that aren't under oath. If Major League Baseball accuses players, it better be certain about its claims. Otherwise, those players could sue uh, for defamation. And you also can't forget about the problem of timing. I mean, evidence tends to go stale after a while, and people's recollections tend to diminish, too, after a long period of time. I mean, if Jose Altuve and Josh Reddick were wearing buzzers in 2017, there's a good chance those buzzers are long gone. I mean, to that point, according to Tom Ferducci, MLB investigators looked into electronic buzzer theories and turned up that there was no evidence. Uh, I mean, once Manfred punishes certain players— he opens, you know, quote-unquote Pandora's box to punish other players. I mean, if electronic sign-stealing is more widespread than only Houston Astros and possibly Boston Red Sox players, Manfred might need to suspend numerous players across the league. Major League Baseball losing many skilled players over half a season or longer would absolutely diminish the league product and potentially hurt TV ratings and attendance. And I feel like the biggest thing that Rob Manfred is afraid of right now is going to war with the Major League Baseball Players Association because, yes, the MLBPA would contest player suspensions. However, just because the Players Association would raise a fight doesn't mean their objections would succeed in altering the outcome. I mean, a prosecutor doesn't decline to seek charges against someone who's believed to have committed a crime merely because that person's going to hire a defense attorney. Likewise, though... An employer doesn't refrain from uh, punishing, you know, employees for workplace misconduct because the employees are represented by a union. And the prospect of resistance isn't by itself a reason not to try to hold wrongdoers accountable. And also here, I mean, Rob Manfred might believe 
it's worth taking on the MLB Players Association in order to communicate to fans and media that he takes the controversy very seriously. Because to a lot of people, I mean, they're thinking that Rob Manfred might be sweeping a lot under the rug. He might know, know a lot more than he's telling. Uh, but Manfred not punishing guilty players could make him seem weak and ineffectual. Not to mention the fact that he's got to negotiate a new CBA with the Players Association. I mean, the calendar serves as important of a contextual factor than anything else because Manfred and uh, executive director of the Players Association, Tony Clark, have to engage in labor negotiations over the next year on a new CBA. I mean, the current CBA uh, deal is going to expire on December 1st of 2021, and a battle with Clark over sign-stealing consequences could absolutely disrupt negotiations on a new CBA. And the Players Association would also have a number of sensible arguments in appeal. I mean, the MLBPA might insist that players felt compelled or pressured to participate because their general manager, manager, bench coach, coach, I mean, possibly other management types supported the practice. And did did the Astros players have a meaningful opportunity to quote-unquote opt out of participating in the scheme? Would they have been stigmatized and possibly suffer adverse career consequences? if they had protested in the, in, in the name of ethics and good sportsmanship. I mean, the Players Association can also stress the fact that Rob Manfred is basing any player suspensions on the length of performance-enhancing drug suspensions, and it would be inappropriate and potentially a violation of labor law. I mean, the lengths of PED suspensions were collectively bargained between MLB and the Players Association. So in contrast, there is no collectively bargained policy specific to electric sign stealing. And compared Comparing the two transgressions is like comparing apples and oranges. So if you're Rob Manfred in this situation, you could assert that he has wide discretion under, of course, I think it's Article 12 of the CBA to punish players for quote-unquote conduct detrimental or, or prejudicial to baseball. I mean, a conspiracy to cheat is clearly detrimental to the interests of baseball. It undermines notions of fair play and has led to substantial and potentially lasting backlash against Major League Baseball. And of course, you got, always got to ask the question, I mean, Rob Manfred is I mean, he doesn't have proof, but you can't be sure that it's only the Astros and the Red Sox who stole signs. I mean, Jack McDowell's claim against the White Sox included, I mean, illicit sign stealing has long been a part of the game. Don't be surprised if other retired players raise similar claims against other teams. And uh, I mean, even assuming the unlikely that electric sign stealing in baseball really began with the 2017 Astros club, that Astros club wasn't a self-contained entity. I mean, some, some of those players and coaches for that matter went on to jobs with other teams in 2018 and 2019, Alex Cora included. And some of those same players and coaches would later join third and fourth teams. And, and they took with them what they learned from their time with the Astros. They may have shared knowledge to benefit their new employers. I mean, think of the Astros as the proverbial uh, uh, patient zero, except here, instead of the spreading of contagious illness, knowing uh, and having the knowledge about cheating and strategies is spread. So much attention has been made uh, to the suspicion that after the Red Sox hired Cora in 2017, that the team could have used his knowledge of electric cheating to help the Red Sox win 108 games in that regular season and ultimately the 2018 World Series. There's also been talk about Carlos Beltran, who was forced to step down as the Mets manager last Thursday. Um, he was with the Yankees during the 2019 season as a special advisor to Brian Cashman. And during a press conference in June 2019 during the London series between the Yankees and the Red Sox, Alex Cora very weirdly winked while unexpectedly referencing Beltron. I mean, Cora um, uttered uh, the word devices, and he, you can quote that. He said the word devices. In hindsight, Alex Cora may have been implying that the Yankees were engaging in electric sign stealing as well. Uh, I mean, who knows how many teams in 2019 and 2019 um, learned about the Astros' electric sign-stealing strategies and then crafted their own techniques. I mean, just like when looking under the hood of a car, the more you look, the more problems you're going to find. I mean, could Major League Baseball or clubs stop managers, coaches, and players from tweeting about the controversy? Probably not, and doing so would be a terrible idea. I mean, Major League Baseball... Does, they do have a social media policy for managers, coaches, executives, and other club and league employees, and also one for players. I mean, these policies prohibit the transmission of strategic information, including insights related to processes and systems used by teams. 
but one could argue that information pertaining to electric sign stealing is a trade secret of some sorts. I mean, such a term that refers to strategies, formulas, and other insight knowledge that helps businesses gain competitive advantage over rivals. I mean, here, though, the inside knowledge involves prohibited conduct. For that reason, it likely falls outside of the scope of protecting knowledge. And regardless here, Major League Baseball would be opening up a can of worms if they tried to stop tweets about the sign-stealing controversy. It's the hottest thing in the game right now. I mean, Major League Baseball would seem overzealous and defensive, two traits that would only maximize the controversy baseball might be portrayed as trying to cover up the wrongdoing by silencing whistleblowers um i mean there there are practical considerations i mean would rob manfred really suspend players for tweeting i mean are you serious would he would he claim that doing so in the best interest of baseball it's hard to see the commissioner reaching that conclusion since it would defy how people communicate in today's america it would also seem misguided given that it would uh, elicit negative reactions and in addition the players association could challenge such efforts as unauthorized i mean could a player who lost statistical uh, achievements here and contract bonuses due to other cheating successfully uh, sue for damages here i would say no i mean the players agree to arbitration as the dispute resolution method for salary pay as well as you know other grievances that relate to the law they do so as part of their membership of the Players Association, a union which collectively bargains arbitration policies with Major League Baseball. So in addition to that, paragraph 9 of uh, uh, the, the uniform player contract explicitly states, and I quote, the club and the player agree to accept, abide by, and comply with all provisions of Major League Baseball's constitution and the, play, and the Major League rules or other rules. So in addition to the hurdle of arbitration, the idea of a player suit over lost stats and bonuses would be inherently speculative and frowned upon by most judges. So a court would be weary of reimagining what might have happened in a game where there had been no cheating. At every moment in every game, there are numerous variables impacting player performance. Um, another thing you got to look at in the scandal, I mean, could ticket holders and viewers who are upset their team lost successfully sue Major League Baseball? I Again, I would say no. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, but most certainly not in this case. I mean, fans who attend Major League Baseball games, uh, to me, are entitled to a narrowly defined set of rights as listed on their ticket. I mean, they mainly include the ability to sit in a particular seat to watch a uh, particular game. The ticket doesn't guarantee that teams are going to refrain from breaking the rules. Again, sign stealing of the human eye kind has been around since the sport was invented in the 19th century. Fans are on notice that this type of activity can happen, so don't complain about it. Also, being upset that one's favorite team may have been cheated out of a World Series, of course, is understandable, but it's not a harm the law ought to remedy, you know? Neither Major League Baseball nor its teams have a legal duty to make their fans happy. It's possible that some fans and attorneys might offer uh, constructive claims related to consumer protection and fraud, but those lawsuits would face long odds and they would probably most likely fail going up against the billion-dollar corporation that is Major League Baseball. I mean, could someone who lost a bet on a game successfully, Sue? I mean, I've received uh, a number of, of, of messages from listeners who are curious about whether bettors could sue over the controversy. I mean, some clearly lost a bet because a team that cheated won here, and these bettors are justifiably annoyed. I mean, I would be annoyed too, but justifiable annoyance doesn't by itself create a viable legal claim. I mean, indeed, there's an, an uh, inherent problem, you could say, with the fact uh, Pat in terms of suing. I mean, bettors aren't in contract with Major League Baseball or any teams. Their bet is made with a sports bookie or other gaming uh, entities. Bettors, like other participants in the gambling industry, essentially free write-off of leagues and players. I mean, leagues and players take on the expense and risk of producing sports. I mean, bettors 
and sports books are merely spectators from the sidelines. They create a secondary market of sorts, you know, tied to outcoming in games, but that market isn't in contract with the games themselves. It's like watching a reality TV show or following a political election and betting on who will win. It's up to you. I mean, you did that to yourself. You don't have a case against the TV show or a candidate who may have broken the rules. I mean, the, the quote-unquote free ride here issue is one rational offered by leagues when demanding sports betting rights and integrity fees as part of state laws to legalize sports betting and these fees which no state has yet uh, recognized would compel betting operators and sports books to pay a percentage of earnings to those leagues and back to betters being upset about the Astros and possibly other clubs cheating without a contra uh, contractual nexus to the games the betters probably lack standing, I mean, a, le a legitimate legal interest in a dispute to raise a viable claim in court. A court would also note that sports betters assume all sorts of risk in terms of games themselves. And if one doesn't want those risks, they probably shouldn't bet. But um, at the end of the day here, with all these different questions, all these different allegations, the one guy people are going to point fingers to, unfortunately, because I think he's trying to save the game, is Rob Manfred. I mean, could the owners fire Rob Manfred over this controversy? They could. They absolutely could. I mean, Major League Baseball employs Rob Manfred and the owner. Uh, I mean, the owners control Major League Baseball. If, if a sufficient number of owners decided to oust Manfred, MLB could sever Manfred's employment contract like that, like a snap of the fingers. I mean, he would then be owed compensation based on the terms of his contract, which reportedly runs through, I believe, 2024, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they're going to fire Manfred. I mean, first, financially, the league is doing well right now. During the 2019 season, Major League Baseball generated an all-time high in revenue. I think it was like 10.8, 10.9. I think it's 10.7 billion, so 10.7 billion in revenue, all-time high in 2019. And team value which owners, Manfred's bosses, obviously care about, continue to climb. And the league commissioners are almost never fired. I mean, one de facto exception occurred in 1992 when it was a commissioner, Faye Vincent, resigned after receiving a vote of no confidence by owners. But the owners were upset with Vincent over a number of issues, including disappointing TV ratings, rising player salaries. I mean, given the financial success of Major League Baseball under Rob Manfred, the type of reasons that led to Vincent's ouster are not to play with Rob Manfred here. He's making a ton of money. I mean... I mean, it's safe to say that this is a black eye for baseball, nonetheless. I mean, needless to say that the sign-stealing scandal could become an even more of a problem for Major League Baseball in the weeks and the months ahead. I mean, 2020 is going to be the most intense season, like I said on Friday, the most intense season in Major League Baseball history. I want to get into why uh, this is worse than the Pete Rose scandal. I think Pete Rose should be reinstated if, if players aren't going to be punished for this. So we'll get into that and a lot more. We'll talk about the 1919 Black Sox scandal. I feel like that one's a little bit worse worse than the Astros scandal. They were throwing games. Pete Rose wasn't throwing games. He was betting on his own team, as far as we know. But we'll talk about all three scandals. We'll compare and contrast them. But first, uh, let's get to our interview, our Friday interview of the week. It's White Sox infielder Danny Mendick got a chance to talk to Danny in Charlotte, North Carolina over the summer when he was with the White Sox AAA affiliate with the Charlotte Knights. We were talking uh, McDonald's, some of his diets during the season, talk about his uh, upbringing in the game of baseball in uh, one school in Massachusetts. Uh, he, he had a tough road, a tough journey to the major leagues. He finally made it, though. We were talking about uh, what it would be like being a Major League Baseball player in 2019 or 2020. He's like, we haven't gotten there yet, but he did. He got there in September. He had his first Major League home run on his birthday. It was his first big league hit as well. So congratulations to Danny Mendick. Let's talk to Danny Mendick here on the O Show after a quick word from TickPick. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only going to break up with you. He's definitely going to break up with you. here in Charlotte, North Carolina, BB&T Ballpark, here with Danny Mendick. Danny, how you doing? Went four for five last night, got your average up to 275. Do you feel like you're locked in at the plate right now? Yeah, uh, it felt good. I mean, first day back after the break. Uh, didn't really feel good before the game when I was hitting, but I uh, got back out there and was seeing the ball, and yeah, it felt really good. 
So I'm always curious to get your guys' takes on this. When you guys are on road trips, traveling from city to city, are you a type of guy like on long bus uh, rides? Are you the type of guy who's playing games on the bus with people screwing around? Or are you the guy who's laid back, li- listens to podcasts, listens to music, listens to Netflix? What type of guy are you? Uh, both, actually. So if, All right. I mean, if, we got, if we're playing cards, I'll play some cards. If we're, you know, whatever the guys are doing, I'll be happy to jump in on it. Watching a movie, I'll kick back and watch a movie or, or listen to you know my my phone and stuff. So whatever the mood is, I'm in it. Awesome. What's your favorite movie? Oh god, good question. I'd have to go with like way back, like Sandlot or remember the Wow. Titans. Okay. Those are both great sports great movies. movies. Yeah. I was gonna go with like Step Brothers. Oh yeah, like if you want, instant yeah, classic. Would, absolutely. Um. So another topic looks like it might pour here in a second. A lot of guys who I talk to like to be on a keen schedule like they like to be organized they like things to stay on target like are you a type of guy who wants to get through a game or like do you mind a rain delay or a rain out every now and then no i mean don't get me wrong a rain out's always nice rain delays right. stink uh you hate you know you hate waiting around and then and then having to play later on it's you know it's always tough on the body and stuff like that but no it's not a problem i mean you just got to check in when the right time is you, you know like, it rains and it's in the fifth inning. You check out and then it right. starts coming back on. You check back in. So, uh, and what do you do to prepare? Like, let's say you're in a rain delay for more than an hour, hour and a half, two hours. What do you do mentally and physically to prepare yourself to get back out on the field? Well, like I said, you check out for the time period where that you're inside. So right. we, you know, sometimes you play cards or you get some food and stuff like that. But once they tell you that it's like, all right, we're playing at this time. Right. I mean, you lock. It's laser. You lock your right. in. You know what I mean? So. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about your journey getting to pro ball. So you grew up in Rochester, New York. Yep. Uh, went to Lowell for two years. You went to uh, Monroe Community College to start out. Talk to me about the ups and downs and windy roads that you took to get here. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was on the smaller version of, of people. I was I was underweight, undersized. Uh, no one ever really, I didn't look good getting off the bus, per se. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't that guy that was just going to be. So it was harder, you know, and I just, I guess... I just put my head down and I grinded and I tried to uh, become a really become really good at my craft. Right. Um, you know, and I'm still trying to do that every single day. And you know, so in the process of going to college and all that stuff, I learned more about myself as a player. And um, you know, it really helped me. And Monroe was great, and, and UMass Lowell was unbelievable. And so those places, you know, they, they made me who I am. And. 2015 came along the MLB draft. I just heard a funny story that you were actually golfing when you got the call. And I read an article on NBC Sports Chicago saying that the only team you were actually in contact with was the Chicago Cubs. Yes. And then you end up getting drafted by the White Sox. Tell me what it was like getting that call and the whole experience of that day, just waiting for that call to come. Yeah, well, the first, so the Cubs told me on the first day that I was going to go, or the second day, I'm sorry, that I was going to go in the back half of the top 10. That's what they said. And then I didn't, and I was sitting around the computer waiting, waiting, you know what I mean? And uh, so I didn't, and I was like, I'm not going to wait around tomorrow. Right. I'm going to go do something. <laughs> so I went out and played golf with one of my buddies, and uh, I got a call on, like, the 15th hole, the second 18 that we played. And uh, the guy was like, yay, you know, my name's Joel. It was Joel uh, Graham Triano, and he was like, I, we just picked you in the 22nd round, Chicago White Sox. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, this is awesome. So I instantly hung up and called my family. It was a shock because, like I said, I only talked to the Cubs. I filled out papers and stuff like that for other teams, but I didn't really think anything of it. So it was pretty cool, though. It sounds frustrating to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But you know, after what? a while, it was yeah. a blessing in, in disguise. It was a. This is an unbelievable opportunity, and you know, how many people get to do this? One hundred percent. I can't get to do it. That's why I'm in meeting. Yeah. Uh, so during your first season in the organization, you were up and down quite a lot for like about a three-week period going from Charlotte to Salem, Salem to Charlotte, Salem to Kannapolis, all over the place. Yeah. I'm a type of guy, if I'm sitting in traffic for more than 15 minutes, I just want yeah. to scream. Oh, yeah. What was it like uh, getting the experience at all those different levels in that short period of time, and how many miles did you actually get on your car? Oh, it was a lot. I went down, what's that road that goes from here to Winston, uh, the highway? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not from Charlotte. I have no, I have no clue. But I went down that road multiple times. I mean, it was just felt like it was back and forth. But, you know, it was a, it was a cool experience. I got to come here and, and get a taste of this and what the guys were like because I was young, so I didn't know. You know, you play you play affiliated ball and you play in the lower levels, and it's a little different. But when you come up here, it's more, 
you know, it's like the big leagues. So um, it was it was cool, but you know that that drive and stuff like that it taught me a lot. It just made me you know realize I I believed I believed that they did it because they felt that I could play and I could if I had to back yeah. up I could have done that. That might not have been the reason. But, <laughs> you know that's kind of what I told myself and just continue to go out there and control what I can control. Keeps your mind clear for sure. Yeah, exactly. So you started the year in Salem in 2017 and actually got a chance to play for Willie Harris, who was also a big utility guy. You just mentioned play all sorts of positions, second, first, short. Um, How big of an impact did he make on you during that season? How much advice did you get, uh, given you such a key contributor in that uh, 05 World Series club? Yeah, so Willie, I mean, his his personality and the way he goes about his business is so... It's it's just like a... It's a, it's a grinder mentality. Like he just he's just a focused about himself, and he's always he doesn't care about anybody else and doesn't worry about that stuff. And that's kind of what he taught me is, is how to go out there and like not worry about what the guys are doing out there, but worry about myself and know that I'm better than everybody. And he just gave me that positive mentality and, and that drive and turned my career around because I was someone just you know just a player and I like to go out there and play. But once I got in there and started to really like grind down and really try to kick ass and right. that was the you know the turning point and uh, that you know it, it, it helped me open up doors to my game that I wasn't I wasn't doing yet and you mentioned that like do you feel obviously you feel frustrated when you hit like a plateau of a certain point where you feel like you can't improve right when you go through moments like that you mentioned that with Willie is it refreshing is it just like a great feeling when you finally yeah. break through that plateau and break through that barrier and get better? oh absolutely I mean it's it's cool. I mean, God works in mysterious ways, and he has all these, you know, different ways of testing people and stuff like that. And you just got to look at it like that. I guess I looked at it, and I was just like, you know, this is just a, a path that I have to go down. And then it opened a new path, and I took a different path. And it's just a cool learning experience, especially if you can just look at the positives from it. That's so hard in what we do. Oh, yeah. um, but that's kind of the only thing I try to do, and that's how it helped me out. And in 2018, you're actually named the MVP of the Birmingham Barons yes. in AA. We talk about the grind. You mentioned how hard it is, how hard it's been for you to get here. How refreshing and how rewarding has it been? How fun is it when you're playing it like that well? Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I know what I can do. Um, so being able to go out there and, and show everybody and, and winning the MVP was, you know, so humbling and awesome. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that was a fun year. I, uh, I Like I said, I learned a lot about myself. And hopefully I can just keep increasing as a player from those from years. Now, being up and down a lot, you've got to experience basically the entire system at this point. Talk to me a little bit about your spring training experiences, getting to play uh, alongside big league players, and who has made the biggest impact on you like during the spring, during the Cactus League? You know what? Honestly, all the guys, they all helped me out. I mean, it was just like, you know, you go around, and everyone was very personable, and they talked to you, and... You know, it's just in watching how they went about their business. That was the biggest key for me. Is like I just like watching how everybody would prepare for the game because they're playing at the highest level, and I want to play at the highest level. So I need to be ready to, you know, to learn and all that stuff. And that's what the coolest part about it was, honestly, is just seeing how they get ready for the game. And it wasn't even the way they talked; it was just what they did. Right. Actions speak louder than yeah, words, Danny. Exactly. Uh, who would you say is a guy, we mentioned the Cactus League and even Willie Harris, who would you say is a guy you looked up to growing up in the game of baseball, growing up in the game, and also a guy you look up in the major leagues right now? Well, my dad, I mean, my dad was my coach right, through my whole, pretty much my whole life, and uh, he, I look up to him because he, you know, he didn't really know much about baseball, but he invested his time and, and you know, and, and dedicated everything he had to help me become a better player. Um, I had a guy, Dave Parlett, who was my hitting guy back at home and is still my hitting guy. He's pretty much molded me into the hitter I am. Um, gave me a base when I was younger, and it's just been increasing it since. So he was a huge help. But, you know, as, as far as guys in the big leagues right now, um, you know, I just look at the guys that I'm kind of like, you know. Right. I look at, like, Whit Merrifield. Right. And, like, uh, like Brock Holt and even, like, Jose Altuve. He's a small guy, you know. Just look up those guys because they can do it. It's like, I can do it. I know I can do it. I may not be as talented as they are, but I'll work hard as they are. So, right. you know what I mean? a guy like Frank and, and Grud's here, these guys, you know, huge helps in careers, so I'm lucky to have them. And do you prefer to be an under-the-radar guy as opposed to a highly touted prospect? <laughs> well, I've never, never been a highly right, touted right. so yes, I would prefer to be an under-the-radar. I like it. Who is, so I ask this with everybody, just because 
new generation, new era, mainly all rap music today. I'm not a rap music guy. I'm like oh. a rock and roll country type of guy. I, I mean, I'm, in, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Like, I like the old schools like Boston and yes. Fleetwood Mac and there all that you stuff. Go. So That's refreshing to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. But I do. I will get my dose of rap and country and some Airbnb. Airbnb. Not Airbnb. Right. Airbnb. <laughs> Airbnb. Um, yeah. No. I. I like Simple it all. mistake. Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah. Uh, so I'm more of like an old school rap guy. I like Eminem. I'll listen to oh, Lil yeah. Wayne. Absolutely. I can't listen to like Migos. I don't like Quavo. Hunter. Not, like. No. I can't listen to them like religiously. That's for sure. It's got to be like right. a small dose. Like if I'm like trying to get hyped up or something. Okay. But other than that, I stick to the to the light, easy stuff. Okay. So. And uh, last question before I let you go. Another question I ask a lot of players. You guys are on the road all the time. Uh, what is the daily diet in the life of Danny Mendick? Because I'm a guy who can eat like four porterhouse steaks a day and still weigh about a buck seventy. I'm right there with you. I uh, yeah, I will eat as much as I possibly can. Right. And it's not healthy. Uh, <laughs> I will eat healthy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll right. put some healthy, you know, healthy in there, but. There's definitely, I'll snack on the most unhealthy things possible just because I feel like I need to like eat as many carbs as possible. Oh, yes. Because you go out here and you burn, you know, 3,000 calories a day. So it's like, how am I going to eat enough calories to, you know, it's only. Right, and you can't put anything yeah, on it. Exactly. You don't eat what you burn. Right, so if, if I'm going more. past the McDonald's, I'll go in there and snag a Big Mac. You know what I mean? But, Jeez. <laughs> you got you to gotta put them all on. And that was White Sox infielder Danny Mendick. Thank you again to Danny Mendick, and congratulations on your Major League Baseball call-up in September. Congrats on your first big league home run. Well-deserved. So the last portion of this episode on this Friday, I wanted to get into why Pete Rose's gambling was less effective, I guess you can say. Uh, in Major League Baseball than the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal. I mean, Pete Rose said himself that it's worse than what he did. I mean, what he did was bad, but he didn't taint the game. The Astros tainted uh, the 2017 season and maybe even the 2018 and 2019 season. And, of course, Pete Rose still has the same, uh, you could say, perky passion in his voice, even though he's going to turn 79 this April. And especially when he's talking about baseball, when he's signing autographs five hours a day, 20 days a month in Las Vegas. And uh, I think it's been more than 30 years uh, since he got served his lifetime ban from baseball for betting on his team. Uh, I mean, he loved bragging about winning two World Series in the 70s with the the then Big Red Machine and the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Another one with the Phillies in 1980 after Mike Schmidt went from being the best player for four days a week to seven with (laughs) with Pete Rose in Philly. And he is baseball's all-time hits leader, and uh, he also uh, is going to detail why he believes uh, Dave Parker and Steve Garvey belong in the Hall of Fame. And uh, how he's still hoping to get in before he's, uh, you know, 10 feet under. Uh, and this is what he said in an interview with NJ.com talking about uh, the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal being worse than his. Um, he said, while, again, admitting personal guilt for his own baseball crimes, he believes the mistakes that that, that he got busted for while managing the Reds uh, in the mid to late 1980s were far less severe than the Houston Astros' illegal sign-stealing during their 2017 championship season uh, uh, which was severely punished on uh, last Monday by Rob Manfred. He said, and I quote, I bet on my own team to win. That's what I did in a nutshell. I was wrong, but I didn't taint the game. I didn't even try to steal any games. I never voted against my team. I bet on my team every single night because that's the confidence I had in my players, and I was wrong. But this Astro situation is a little different. It's a lot different, actually. And I think that's why the commissioner came down so hard. So he applauded Rob Manfred for giving a year suspension to both Astros GM Jeff Lunau and manager AJ Hinch, who again were both promptly fired by Jim Crane. He also backs Rob Manfred in stripping the Astros of their first and second round draft picks for two years plus and the $5 million fine, which was the highest allowed by uh, MLB bylaws. Uh, and then, of course, he goes, and I quote, So they fire the GM, they fire the manager, and Major League Baseball probably is going to get uh, Alex Cora, who was the Astros bench coach at the time. But what about the players who are behind this and taking the knowledge? Should they get off? Scott Free, don't you have to do something to the players who are accepting who stole the signs? Nothing's been done. Is that fair? I mean, this whole ordeal is mind-boggling to Pete Rose, apparently, who says that he never cheated his way to any of his record 4,256 hits while playing for the Reds, Phillies, and Expos uh, in the early 60s through the late 80s. 
He said, and I quote, when I was playing, I would uh, maybe try to steal a sign from a third base coach. What I mean by that, if there was a suicide squeeze button or a steal or a hit and run on the way, um, but in the, the 14,000 times I batted, I never wanted a guy on second to tell me what was coming. My philosophy was he might say it's a low and away sinker and it's really an up and in fastball and I get hit in the ribs because you can't always be 100% sure that the signs are correct. It helps if you can steal a sign from a third base coach, but that's really not cheating. That That's a third base coach not doing his job. If you can't conceal a hit and run or a steal, or a steal sign, you belong in another business. So I guess he felt the same way about the Astros cheating, which is why he wishes that Rob Manfred had also punished players he said also and I quote most players don't give a damn about what happens to an organization as long as it doesn't happen to them if I'm a player and every time I bat I'm getting the signs from the dugout I'm just as guilty as the guy who is giving me the signs so Astros players here were of course outed by Manfred's report for alerting hitters of what pitch was coming by banging trash cans whistling and even clapping and the only 2017 Astros player named in Manfred's finding was Carl Beltron who retired after the season and then of course this winner was named the Mets manager and then he was let go and Rose said what's going to happen to Beltron can he manage the Mets now I guess this was before he got uh, fired I mean this whole thing it's getting technical I just can't imagine how many people are really involved I can't imagine doing something like that my personal take on this uh, is that what Pete Rose did is not nearly as severe as what the Houston Astros did if if no one's going to get suspended here let's let's say theoretically just theor- uh, theoretically here, if Jose Altuve does get caught for this buzzer thing and he only gets suspended, let's say a year, a year ban, and then Jim Crane releases him, let's say that's the worst case scenario. I feel like you have to reinstate P. Rose for what he did because, again, he did bet on his team every night. He never betted against his team. This isn't the 1919 Black Sox who threw games in the World Series for money, for gambling. Pete Rose bet on his own team. It's still bad, bad on his own doing, too. But he never tainted the game. The Houston Astros tainted the game of baseball from 2017, possibly all the way through the 2019 World Series. We don't know. I mean, Jose Altuve apparently could have been wearing a buzzer in that Game 6 ALCS against the Yankees when he hit the home run off of Aroldis Chapman. We don't know. I mean, the footage makes him look god-awful, but we don't know. So, And the Astros had their fan fest just a few nights ago, and I, I think... The comments from both Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve made the situation a little bit worse for them because this is the first time since MLB issued the, I think it was a nine-page report on the high-tech stealing scandal. Um, Houston, they they spoke to the media at the team's fan fest over the weekend. Didn't go well, of course. Why would it? Uh, I was at the winter meetings in San Diego a month ago, and people were looking at A.J. Hinch in the media room like they were his parents, like he just got caught with, like, six pounds of dope. But... I mean, the Astros players, including Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, handled the situation in a wrong way. I mean, that's what uh, a lot of people are saying. Uh, I mean, he was combative. He becomes a predictor. I mean, we're going to win the World Series. That's what Jose Altuve said. I mean, he said, we're going to be in the World Series. We did nothing wrong. At the end of the year, everything's going to be fine. How's that fine? I mean, this is a disgrace. It's not good enough. I mean, they didn't even apologize. They said nothing. You can say the allegations of the buzzers is stupid. You haven't been caught for it yet. And me may never got caught for it. Maybe it never happened. There's a chance it never happened. Maybe there's a good chance it never happened. So you can call that stupid right now if you want to. It'll make you look like a complete ass later if it's not. But for Alex Bregman to come out and answer every single question saying the commissioner came out with a report, MLB did their report, and the Astros did what they did, they made their decision on what they're going to do, that, that, that says nothing. You got caught for sign stealing using a camera, using battery. You apologize. At least go out there and say we're not proud of this and moving forward we're going to be better. The commissioner came out with a report, MLB did the report, and the Astros did what they did. Come on. Come on. Both Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman in the wrong here. Those videos, uh, according to the buzzer allegations, make them look horrible. And if this is true, if this is true, I'm not saying it's true by any stretch of the imagination. MLB does have to take another look at this, though. 
Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve deserve lifetime bans if this does turn out to be through, if they were wearing wires or devices or buzzers that they're calling them. I mean, they, they say it's stupid, but if it comes out to be true, not only did they lie to themselves, they lied to the press, they lied to the Players Association, and they lied to Rob Manfred, who, in essence, allowed the players to be off scot-free because they supposedly told them everything. He said, if, if you guys tell us everything, no players will be punished. And they threw their manager under the bus. They threw Alex Cora under the bus. But if this comes out to be true, I mean, they have to get lifetime bans. And if they don't get lifetime bans, then you got to reinstate Pete Rose. I mean, I know the two don't coincide, but uh, it's a lot of nonsense here if, if the players at least don't get punished in some way, even if it's not for the buzzers, just for the sign stealing. I mean, those are, those are the guys that won the World Series in 2017. Those are the guys that almost won the 2019 World Series, the guys who cheated, the players who went through with this and cheated. They need to be punished. That's just my two cents. Uh, we'll get into this later next week when... Uh, Jeremy Evans from California uh, Sports Lawyer, the founder from California Sports Lawyer. Uh, we're going to get into all the gory details regarding these allegations, what and what they didn't uh, uh, break in the law of Major League Baseball. That'll be next week, but this will wrap up episode 146 of the O Show presented by Belly Up Sports. We are what they are, and check out all content at bellyupsports.com and on Twitter at bellyupsports and at bellyuppodcast network. Remember, we're also sponsored by TickPick. Use the promo code OSHO10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order using tickpick.com. You should have used TickPick, you bastards. And then, of course, Mecca Nutrition, again, Cell Swell, the latest brand for creatine complex available now at mechanutritionstore.com take $20 off using the promo code OSHOW20 that's capital O-S-H-O-W 20 to get $20 off your next order at mechanutritionstore.com hit it duty Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.